Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Ben, so you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home. That has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Punick, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, and Dylan Bishop. Happy to have you with us as we start another week here on the Sports Mix. But it's a big weekend to wrap up. We will uh, start back on Friday night and uh, we'll recap Martinsburg-Jefferson in what we thought could have been potentially a really good game, but uh, it was all Martinsburg. And again, once again, scoring 63 on an EPAC opponent beating Jefferson 63-13. I'm not fully surprised. It's Martinsburg. They dominate, it seems like, almost every Eastern Panhandle team each time they play them. That's why they have won now 98 of the last 100 meetings against Eastern Panhandle Athletic Conference opponents. The offense was outstanding. The defense stood up when it needed to. Jefferson was able to strike here and there but it was really late touchdowns, and it was a different story because of the garbage time and who was in at the time. Martinsburg's just – it's Martinsburg. I really liked how Ezra Bajan did and special teams. Oh, my gosh. I think there's some college and maybe even professional teams that should be jealous of how well the special teams is for Martinsburg. Hats off to Coach Sherman, who really is – a preaching to them onside kicks, the different uh, play fakes and everything during special teams to go for two in some situations. You never know what to expect, and Hunter with two kickoff return touchdowns is crazy. Yeah, and, and you know, looking at some other numbers, Ezra Bajant, 20 of 30 for 395 yards, five touchdowns uh, through the air. Uh Murphy Clement combined uh, for five carries, 100 yards, and then through the air he caught two passes for 61 yards and a touchdown. Um, he also scored a touchdown on the ground as well. So 161-yard all-purpose day for Murphy Clement. Um, and that doesn't even go to tabulate the – I'm trying to figure out how many – 53 plus blah, blah, blah. I think it's like 200 and – Seven total yards, all-purpose yards for um, Hunter, Jameer Hunter there, uh, between receiving and kickoff returns, which he has two two for 154 total yards uh, there. That's a lot. A lot Jame- of stats. Jameer Hunter's special, man. Like, it came into the season. Where are the D1 offers at? Come on. Let's go. Get them. Right. And it came into the season, you know, and we talk about it a lot on the broadcast before the games, you know, during the games that we talk about Murphy Clement as this, you know, special athlete, best athlete on the field. And as the season goes on, Jameer Hunter might be the best player on this Bulldogs team. It is just incredible because he's Murphy Clement the same way is a threat to score a touchdown every time he has the ball in his hands. But I think Jameer Hunter is even more so that way especially on the you just see it on the punt returns and the kickoff returns that it, at this point you got to stop kicking it to him you you just have to do anything else kick it on side kick a squib kick punt the ball out of bounds go for it on fourth down it's 
he every time he touches the ball, it might be six. Well, I think uh, Murphy is coming off of a severe injury, so yeah. that's yeah. something to consider. And I think this game, though, against Jefferson was really the first time where he started to look 100% to me uh, in some of the plays he was able to make and just consistency throughout the game. So um, while Jameer has been you know, the, probably the best player on the team this year in terms of production, uh, I would still say Murphy Clement's the most talented kid on that team, but it, it doesn't really matter. Uh, they have a ton of really good players, and Jameer Hunter's playing fantastic football for Martinsburg and has been uh, you know, a huge part of this team's success. So. We're not even talking about Buzz Dover. Five catches, 114 yards, a touchdown. He's and, of course, what junior. Ezra Bajan does at quarterback. Yeah, yeah it, 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 it almost gets overlooked. because – all season long, we've been seeing the deep ball typically go to Hunter. But on Friday night, it was going to Buzz Dover, and he was making plays. And it's tough, even as you guys have already said, Clement and Hunter, who's the more athletic guy. When it comes to shiftiness, and I think, and footwork, I'd put Dover above even those two guys, it seems like. You see him in the screen pass, you saw him after he caught that deep pass in the one-on-one situation, how he was able to put the uh, defender on skates to get his way into the end zone. It's crazy how many guys they truly have, and that's what makes it fun to watch the Bulldogs. Yeah, and, you know, you're looking around, uh, looking at this you know, this roster, it's just getting healthy. Uh, we saw the return of Xavion Kendall along with Roman Pearson. Both guys went out week one against Salem with shoulder injuries. Good to see him get back in action. Uh, I believe 28 total yards between seven carries, 18 yards for Kendall, and then a catch for 10 yards. Roman Pearson had two catches for 16 yards. Could have had a, a couple more, but you know the timing just off a little bit. But that's going to happen when you haven't played since week one. I mean, you get this week in practice. I know they got today off, uh, but you're going to get this week in practice, the bye week, and then you get next week at Bishop Ironton next Saturday. Uh, I think they're going to be full steam ahead into the playoffs. Yeah, and they're starting to climb back up the rankings now, too, because of teams like you know, Spring Valley and Bridgeport losing this past Friday. So it could be a situation where, as it stands right now, have, have, the, new, have the new rankings come out? They don't come out until Tuesdays at 2 p.m., so okay, we won't find out until tomorrow after 2. Well, you would think, since the two teams are in front of them lost, they could jump up to number four, which would already put them in a spot where they would only have one road playoff game before the state championship. So that's – and they, and they're still, again, this – by week that they have, and then the game against Bishop Ireton, two more weeks that the teams in front of them can, could possibly lose. And with all the bonus points they have, all it's going to take is for them to have the same number of losses as another team for them to be ahead of them. Yeah, that is a great point. Yeah, and I'm if I remember correctly, I think uh, Hurricane still has to play Huntington. And then I know Park South still has Parkersburg on the schedule. So those – if their losses and Huntington Huntington Hur- can make their way back up. Right, Huntington and Hurricane are two of the teams in front mm-hmm. of them, right? So that yeah, those should... are the two teams that were tied for first. Right, yeah, yeah. So. Big clashes this week. Uh, um, University of Morgantown, that's a big game. Bridgeport Musselman, big game. Spring Valley Parkersburg, Wheeling Park Park South. Um, I'm trying to see if there's any other any other big games this week. Uh, then you look at the the last week with Jefferson Hedgesville. Games. Jefferson Hedgesville, yes, but I was I talking about throughout it. the state of top five teams in the state. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, the final week of the season, which will be very interesting to see, is Huntington Hurricane. That'll be a great matchup the final week of the season. Uh, but that's kind of really the big key matchups in the final week. I mean, you see Musselman and Parkersburg next week as well. Princeton Park South. 
that's really Princeton the, just beat Bridgeport too. Woodrow Wilson, George Washington could be a key matchup for playoff rankings. But let's get back to this week and looking elsewhere around the EPAC as we wrap up Martinsburg getting the 63 to 13 victory over number 11 at the time. Jefferson, I think we see Martinsburg maybe come up too. Uh, but, you know, elsewhere around the EPAC as uh, a 54 nothing shutout for Musselman over Washington. Musselman now 6 and 2 on the year. Washington 1 and 7. Um, just a, a all-around great game, it seemed like, for Musselman with the, getting the shutout and obviously all things working on offense, defense, and special teams. Yeah, not too surprising there. It's just been a uh, tough season for the Washington Patriots. Um, and Musselman's obviously been playing really good football for the most part, uh, besides the slip-up against the Wheeling Park team and, of course, the loss to Martin, Martinsburg. But um, they took care of business against a team that they are – superior to so we probably weren't too surprised by that final outcome and um Musselman though to get back in the win column get the offense going again uh, those are some good things for the Appleman to take away and obviously it's just been a tough year for Washington uh whether it be staying healthy and just kind of a uh, kind of a small roster heading into the season or whatever the case may be it's just it just hasn't been a great year for them unfortunately and uh we'll see if they're able to get better next year but uh Musman definitely looking again like the team we expected them to in this game. Yeah, and uh, then Hedgesville falls to Friendship Collegiate Academy out of DC, thirty-five to nothing. They're now four and four. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how things go this week uh, after the game. We'll have for you on TV ten and WRNR TV on YouTube on Talk Radio WRNR as well as Jefferson versus Hedgesville. Both teams coming off losses. Uh, both teams trying to get get uh, right in playoff positioning. Jefferson at five and three, Hedgesville at four and four. If Hedgesville wins this week, that kind of gives them an edge over Jefferson, and uh, you know I think could put them on that 14, 15, 16 realm of of the rankings next week. And they'll have to see what happens the final week of the year, because where we thought we could have four teams in, it might only drop to three after this week. Yeah, because uh, right now the best case scenario for Spring Mills is a five and five year, and you're hoping that five and five is enough to squeak in. And if that's you have to beat university, so then that mm-hmm. I see. And if Hedgesville loses this week, that's the same scenario for them. Best case scenario, five, five and five, five, and then they're praying that five and five is enough, and you have to go up against a number one or two seed. Which right now, if we were saying Martinsburg has a chance to get back there, and you always want to avoid them in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you have to wait and see, which I'll start now because we'll probably argue this the entire week since we have this Jefferson-Hedgesville game. Which team does the win matter more to? Hedgesville. I, I think it's Hedgesville because they don't want to I don't think it matters more to five. either team because you don't want to be 5-4 and four either. That's true. And, I mean, at that point, you're one game away from being 5-5 five and five as well. So yeah. Dylan didn't mean to cut you out of the that's all right. Shot. I think I think Hedgesville is, would probably have the tougher road if they l- were to lose this game. So that's probably for them. And they're just they're, they've been so injured this year that they were a really talented team. We saw them that first week against Washington. They looked really good with all those wide receivers and Rue West and like the spread air raid offense compared to the usual running attack that they were going with. And it just kind of fell apart with some injuries. Yeah, they had a tough uh, c- schedule as well. That too, yeah. I mean. I think for Hedgesville, though, either way, they can look at this season as a success. I mean, I know they were saying playoffs are bust, but uh, 
this you're team building just, the program. Yeah, it looks a lot better than yeah. the teams we've seen in the past. Um, but I do think they want to at least be five and five, uh, if not six and four. It will be a tough game. I would lean toward Jefferson if I were to give a team an edge right now, but yeah, um, it, it could still go either way, and, and we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, we will have game. we will have to wait and see. Let's kind of look around the state. Some other big games. Uh, number three Huntington gets the forty-one to twenty-one victory over number eight Cabell Midland. That would have flipped. That would have been interesting spot for where they they fall in the rankings. Cabell uh, was putting up a fight for a while. They they were, but you know the. Two shockers, really, if you look at this week. Number nine, George Washington upsets number four, Spring Valley, 39-27. to 27. Uh, That was a big win for George Washington to stay within the top ten. Yeah, I don't know if it was accurate or not, but whenever I was looking, I believe George Washington was up 25 nothing at one point. They were. So Spring yeah. Valley almost was able to come back, but the fact that GW won, Good for them. Hats off to them, and it, it was a surprising upset. It was a surprising upset. Another surprising upset was number 13, Princeton, knocking off number 5, Bridgeport, 34-29. to 29. Uh, Both teams now with two losses on the year, five wins for Princeton, six wins for Bridgeport, number 13 and number 5 coming into the ballgame. Uh, I think that's big because Bridgeport will now probably fall to six or seven, maybe even eight. Yeah, it seems like teams have finally figured out how to stop that uh, Bridgeport offense because now we've seen Princeton knock them off. We've seen Morgantown knock them off earlier in the season. So maybe they're not as big as a threat in AAA anymore or what? I, I don't fully know with this Well, Bridgeport I thought team. heading into that game that it was kind of a differencing in styles for that matchup. Princeton typically likes to throw the ball around quite a bit, so... I thought there was an opportunity for an upset there. Uh, Same so as Morgantown. Wasn't super surprised by it. I mean, I still think Bridgeport's a good team this year. Just maybe a down year a little bit for them, but still going to be one of those top you know eight teams probably in the state. Uh, so they were they were a good team last year. I, I don't know if it, it necessarily means that teams have completely figured them out. It might just be a talent thing this year, a little bit of a drop-off compared to their previous seasons. Yeah, uh, but – you know, it'll be a big, uh, big day tomorrow afternoon when we find out these rankings, and we'll break them down for you on Wednesday. Well, actually, we're not even doing a show on Wednesday. That's true. We won't have those soccer scores that I promised last week. We're not doing a show Wednesday. We got the political forum down at the Holiday Inn. As what politics are making me a two weeks, two weeks away from Election Day, Colin. Isn't that ironic? Yeah, two weeks from tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, big political season here, as you obviously can see if you're watching the games on TV 10 or listen on talk right to WRNR. Uh, but we'll talk about those. It'll make for a big Thursday show. We'll have a lot to talk yeah. about on Thursday. Yeah, like show. we said, theoretically Martinsburg should go up to four. And then with Huntington and hurricane playing each other, they, as long as they close out against Bishop Ironton, they're at least three. And then if either Parkersburg South or the winner of the Huntington hurricane game drops one here, you can get yourself to one or two. Joe Fox on Facebook says if park South wheeling park in Huntington and uh, Huntington and Hurricane will lose another game because they play it means Martinsburg will go to two, exactly. which yep. no. which would be huge because that be, means they then you get the three guaranteed home games all yeah. all home games until the state championship if you which keep is winning. crazy because where we were about two weeks ago mm-hmm. right we they were down at what number tied for seventh yeah tied no for touch, seventh and yeah a lot of people thought there was no way what? yeah 
It's just been that kind of year in the state where there is kind of a lot more balance among the teams following Martinsburg, where typically you would probably still see teams be undefeated at this point. But uh, everybody has at least one loss, so that's opened up opportunities for a two-loss team to be a top-two team in the state, which isn't very common, but it could happen this year. And it's a good chance, right? I mean, Parkersburg South was on the ropes just a few weeks ago. I think Wheeling Park's probably one of the better teams uh, we've seen in the state. They already knocked off yep. one number one in Musselman that could do it again, um, which would be huge for the Bulldogs and be cool to see. Either way, I think Martinsburg goes on to win the state championship, but obviously you want to have that home field advantage. That just helps you out that much more. Right. Martinsburg's two losses are to teams from uh, Virginia and Ohio, yeah. so not West Virginia. Anything? I agree. No. All right. You want to go look some uh, stats so far in the year for Martinsburg players? Some sure. year-to-date stats? Uh, Let's do it. Before we hit the break here, thanks to Bill Harper, the statistician for the Bulldogs. Uh, 126 for 192 is Ezra Bajan, 65.63 completion percentage, 2,163 yards, averaging 177 a pass, 29 touchdowns to four picks, only been sacked six times. That's Ezra Bajan this year. Uh, that's pretty darn good numbers. Yeah, 29 to four touchdown interception ratio. I believe wild. the yardage leads the state, at least class AAA. I don't know about the whole state, yeah, uh, but I believe I saw that, that it, it, he is the passing yardage leader for at least the AAA. I don't know about all of all of WVSSAC, but that's huge. Zion Grantham. Leading the team in rushing, 76 carries for 521 yards, 6.6 a pop with four touchdowns. Murphy Clement, 65 carries, 489 yards, 7.52 a carry, eight touchdowns. A.J. Harrison, who is the third leading rusher on this team, doesn't get a lot of opportunities but gets them late in games or when they were you know dealing with injuries trying to figure out who was going to do what. Uh, he, he's averaging 8.8 a carry. Uh Hundred or twenty carries for one hundred and seventy six yards with two touchdowns. That's that's huge. He breaks off a lot of big runs. He when does he runs the ball. He's a very explosive guy. He's kind of a he's. I wouldn't say that his first step is quite as quick, but he's like it's like a freight train with him where he it takes maybe a little longer to get at the speed, but once he's there, it's just so hard to stop him. He's so big and runs so upright. While yeah. you're mentioning those numbers, just something that kind of popped in my head. Why? Why? Why I think it would be so important for Martinsburg to get the two, even though I still think they win the states either way, one thing to consider would be potential bad weather. They're kind of a pass-first team. That could be something that could throw you off in a game like we saw at Spring Valley last year, where even if you have the more talented team, you might come up short. I mean, I still think Martinsburg wins, but playing at home, knowing that you're going to play on a turf surface, definitely going to help play a factor. So that's why that two-seed would still be important for the Bulldogs. Yeah, that is that is going to be very That's helpful if point. they can get that. Uh, let's look at the receiving numbers. Uh, Jameer Hunter, 28 catches, 620 yards, averages 22.14 a catch, uh, 10 touchdowns, buzzed over 35 catches, 590 yards, 16.86 a, a catch, 8 touchdowns. Uh, you got guys, I think that's two guys that average or that to combine over uh, 1,200 yards receiving. I want to hear that again. He's got – He's averaging 22 yards a catch is Jameer Hunter. 10 on touch- 28 catches. That's what I was going to say. 10, 10 touch- touchdowns on 28 catches. So he's averaging a touchdown on every third catch. Basically, yes. Not even. A little yeah, less than a third less. catch. Yeah, like 2.8. 2. 2. 2. 8. Yeah, yeah, that's about 2.8. That's insane. 
Yeah, and uh, Zion Grantham catches out of the backfield a lot. He's got 19 catches, 288 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, punt returning. Look at these numbers. Eight returns for 252 yards, 31 and a half per return, three touchdowns, Jameer Hunter. It's it's yeah. ridiculous. I mean, what if you combine that 252? Trying to do the numbers. I don't know plus, when it's time to start talking about the Kennedy Award. I don't know, but I think Hunter you, you got and like, Agent need to be in that conversation. Can we get co Kennedy yeah. Awards for these two guys this year? Honestly, yeah. because Jameer Hunter's then you look at kick return numbers: eleven kick returns, three hundred thirty-seven yards, thirty point six four a return with those two touchdowns he had on Friday. Or can we night. have like one be the Kennedy Award, one be the Gatorade Player of the Year? Possible. We should we should arrange it. Yeah, figure it out. Let us vote. Yeah. So oh, Jameer Hunter has two hundred twelve hundred and eighteen yards all purpose. You got to also factor that in that double A and single A may have. I know another kid that comes in and comes in and takes the Kennedy Award, like we saw last year. So something to consider. I mean, I definitely agree that I think Bajan and Hunter are well deserving, but you never know who could mm-hmm. emerge from double A or single A. Yeah, you really never do. We'll have to wait and find out. That'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix by Parsons Ford. Ken Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more on their side of this break. We'll talk college football. Shepard gets another big win. They remain undefeated. WVU tumbles, has a bad loss. Marshall gets back in the win column. We'll talk about that when we come back after this two-minute break. You're tuned to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Back in two minutes. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM Welcome back into this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, Colin, and Dylan hanging out with you today. Uh, Shepard remains undefeated, gets the 47-14 victory over Westchester in the, uh, as Nick calls it, the headbutting bowl. A big win, but Shepard went down early. Yeah, it did. It got down uh, 7 nothing there early on, but I don't think there was too many concerns. If you Four drives to start the game for the Rams, but uh, really once uh, it start, they started getting going offensively. There was uh, no no real stopping Shepard. I think a few things I took away from that game. While the rushing yard totals aren't amazing, I think Shepard sticking with the run throughout the game really opened up things late for Ronnie Brown and Blake Hartman to have some big touchdown runs. Uh, the defense played really well after that first drive. Or first few drives that got him down seven nothing, um, so those were all some standouts. And this Westchester team, you know, they're a little bit beat up at quarterback. They've gone to this two freshman system. Um, you know, they're not the Westchester team that we're used to seeing in the PSAC, but still a good win either way. Whenever you're going up against one of the best coaches in the conference, and Coach Zahn, um, to get a win over him is a signature win on your schedule. So. We'll see uh, where this puts Shepard in the rankings this week. And, of course, the most important thing is Shepard gets another win, um, only one win away from securing a spot in the P 
PSAC championship since they have the edge over Kutztown. So uh, at most they could only have one loss in the East and they would be tied with the Golden Bears at one loss and then obviously get the edge there. So those are all things to consider heading into this next game against Bloomsburg, which is senior day and looking forward to that. And that's kind of my thoughts on the game. I don't know if you guys had any other. Yeah, I mean, when you go back and look at this ball game, uh, it, it was it was weird when I looked and the score was seven nothing at the end of the first quarter, right? But then Shepard goes and scores twenty in the second, fourteen in the third, and thirteen in the fourth, and uh, it just seems like it, it took a little bit, but sh- but Shepard gets on track like they always do. Twenty nine to thirty four, two hundred ninety six yards, three touchdowns for Tyson Bajant. Uh through the air. It seemed like Marlon Cook finally getting maybe. They're having to double cover a few more guys. Get He got eight catches for 74 yards and a touchdown. It's great to see Max Fisher on the field for Shepard. Uh, we heard that was coming here. I didn't realize it was coming in this ball game. Uh, but great to see you know another target added. When you look at the ground game, Ronnie Brown, 16 carries, 98 yards, three or excuse me, one touchdown. He had one touchdown through the air as well. Uh, Blake Hartman, four uh, rushes for 43 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, averaging 10.8 a pop. Just the the kind of the change of pace when he gets in the ball game. You see Avon Holly get in there, Nazir Russell get in there as well, and then uh, it just seems like a great overall victory for Shepard. Uh, Dwayne Grantham had two sacks. Wouldn't be surprised if he's the PSAC East Defensive Player of the Week this week. He had a pick um, too. Interception. Yeah, I was going to say I was going to say he had a pick as well. Devin Lynch had a pick and half a sack. Clayton Batten had another pick, a uh, sack for Kevin Kowser as well, uh, half a sack for Kyle Smith, and just seemed like a lot of tackles for loss for this team as well. But, you know, eight total tackles, two sacks, and a pick for um, Dwayne Grantham in my book is the PSAC East Defense Player of the Week. Can I give you an update on uh, Tyson's record chasing? Let's do it. He is 1,248 yards away from the all-time Division II passing yards record and seven touchdowns away from the all-time t- passing touchdowns record and nine away from the total touchdowns record. Those are all to tie, not to break. The, those records. When you record. say total, what do you mean by t- passing, and and t- passing and rushing? Okay. And, and receiving, but he, I don't think he's ever called. Yeah. I didn't know if that meant like all divisions. Maybe we'll have to wait. Or is no. this just D two breaks the record on so, a receiving yeah. touchdown? So, yeah, the passing the passing touchdowns record it's is an idea, is, Coach McCook. Hey, stop talking over him. He's That's talking. Sorry. The I passing apologize. touchdowns record and the total touchdowns record are both held by Jimmy Terwilliger, former East Stroudsburg quarterback, who is now, head now coach. the head coach, and that's who Shepard plays in two weeks. So you map that out: seven touch, seven passing touchdowns. He gets three or four next week. He has three. Or, he can pass or break the record against Jimmy Terwilliger. That would be pretty cool. It would be. Unfortunately, we won't be there. Yeah. But I I love uh, how versatile and it seemingly uh, seems like this offense is becoming unpredictable, too. Because you got the combo of the running backs and Brown and Hartman. Yeah. Bajan spreading the wealth when it comes to who's being able to get to the ball. The wide receiver core is deep, tight ends. And now. He's able to run himself, too. You've seen him really step up his mobility, being able to get out of the pocket, get some yards, score a touchdown or two with his feet. And it's making defenses struggle and really have to figure out which thing they want to key in on to stop. 
and it doesn't matter which one they key in on because this offense is the best in the nation and it's going to find a way to put up points no matter what. So it's been really fun to see that. Hopefully we get to see the record be broken, but it seems like uh, it will for at least touchdowns be at East Stroudsburg. Yeah, I think Maybe the yards the yards will probably yards. take yards will probably take into the playoffs. I would so just with the way Maybe that they're going. The conference least, championship. Right? Could, yeah, somewhere in there. So, I mean, the way he's run the ball the last couple of weeks has been impressive. I haven't seen him run the ball the way that he has in, uh, his athleticism out and yeah. scrambling. It's been really they're giving him space. Yeah, they are. I mean, yeah. they're giving that to because they're co- well, Tyson Bajan. So these receivers well are getting good, getting well covered. It seems like so. What is he doing? Utilizing his legs and when I he think has that to. Nick on the broadcast Saturday brought up a great point for that. It helps that draft stock incredibly. Yeah. yeah. And that, I like the there was a point that Travis brought up on the broadcast as well with Ronnie Brown. He was, looked great this year to the point where it looked like, you know, there could be another Harlan Hill contender on the Rams if they gave him enough carries. But I think the thing with Ronnie was he was this good last year, but he was the number two guy, and now he's the number one guy. And it's it added another element to this offense that makes it even harder to stop. And then, of course, like we mentioned, Blake Hartman has been a really good spell guy for them. He just comes in and can play – you know, it's not that much of a drop-off between him and Ronnie Brown right now. And Brown's a junior, right? Yes. So, I mean, next year's team It'd be crazy. could be Running a completely blast. different offense because Etchison, the quarterback, who will probably be a, the starter next year. Maybe. I be. mean, you. I think you got a legit – I mean, I hate to look this far forward to next year. I think you've got a legit competition on your hands. I mean, we don't know who comes in in this freshman class. Will it be Ezra Bajant? I mean, will he challenge his first year? Will Sammy Roberts challenge? I mean, you got Timmy Townsend on the roster from Hagerstown. What's who's the other person I'm missing on this roster? That's a clear Sammy Roberts. No, I'm missing. Oh, he, already missed, he already mentioned Sammy. Um, Etch. not Etch. There's somebody else. They have four active quarterbacks. Who am I thinking I of? So. I I can't figure out his name off the top. Of my Powell. Head. What? Powell. Not Powell. He played. He did play in the game where every single quarterback played. That's the only other quarterback on the roster, unless oh. you already said him. He didn't, so I think. I mean, oh, yeah, you're Nick right. would know. Pow. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what I was going to say is it could be a completely different offense next year because Etchison more of a runner, so you could really use that to your advantage for Shepard. But this year's team is what matters right now. And I think uh, the other thing of Ronnie Brown, to your point, Dylan, and Travis talks about this quite a bit on the game broadcast as well, is that he's become uh, more patient as a runner. And not just always looking for the big plays that he has the ability to break at any time, which I think has made that Shepard running game and the offense overall more balanced, uh, which is definitely something that can be helpful moving forward in the next few weeks. So Shepard is uh, playing good football. You know, they're right in the perfect position that they want to be in and uh, moving into what should be a fun senior day on Saturday. Yeah, it should be a fun senior senior day. As you mentioned, Bloomsburg, 12 p.m., 11.30 pregame show on Talk Radio WRNR. Excuse me, on TV 10 WRNR TV on YouTube. Uh, but uh, let's transition now. And, uh, Colin, do you have anything to get off your chest? After a 48-10 to 10 loss for West Virginia to Texas Tech, they're now 3-4 and four on the year. Uh, we you, Didn't you say you would take the over in the game? Yeah, because I thought well, I mean, the you WVU taken offense was better. I mean, they what were was close the to averaging, uh, I think it was 66. Ah, uh, you so were at it was 58. Under. It was just barely yeah. under. If the offense would have come alive, it, it, you wouldn't have gotten it, it. 
the, the rushing attack just wasn't there, and I said that's been the strength of WVU. Uh, three interceptions by JT Daniels, wasn't impressed with that, and it just seemed like Coach Brown did not have his team prepared, and it was frustrating. I'm still on the fence. I, I know at the beginning of the season I said, you got to fire Coach Brown. It, it's been a bad season this year. He has a losing record as the head coach of the Mountaineers. He doesn't really have a signature win. He doesn't have a signature win. He hasn't been able to string three straight wins in a row in his entire career. But at the same time, it seems like he still has the guys in the locker room on his side. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't heard anybody, coaching staff, players, show any signs of frustration. The fan base is very frustrated. You heard Pat McAfee. I know you sent it to me on College Game Day say that it's the most disappointing team in all of college football. And on social media as well, Steve Slayton's coming out and showing his frustration with the team, saying how tough it is the past four years to be a fan and watch this team. So I don't know where to really go with this program. Well, I don't think West Virginia should have lost by 38 points on Saturday. I would say that Texas Tech is a better team then maybe their record shows at 3 and 3 with yeah. their three losses being heading into the game now 4 and 3 with their three losses all being against ranked teams so that is something to note when it comes to your expectations for that game i still think west virginia should have made it much closer yeah. than a 38 point loss but yeah a team that averages almost 40 points per game only scoring 10 yeah. uh, i just think jt daniels really just hasn't been as i thought he would be I really thought that, yeah. like, coming into this year, as much as people don't think I like West Virginia, I thought that they were going to contend, you know, get six, seven, eight, maybe nine wins this year. But this, I thought they'd get six wins, like, in the first eight, seven weeks. <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't think they would be three and four at this point. I thought they'd be five and, and, and two. And now you look ahead at the schedule, you I thought they'd be five they're going to get to six wins to make a bowl game. Well, they I have to get to seven. Six. No, because they beat uh, Towson, right? Towson's yeah. FCS. Yeah, six or seven, depending yeah. on the year and how many six-win teams there are and stuff I, like that. I don't that. think yeah. they get to it. Part of the part of the issue with Neil Brown is that his buyout is still very large. He's, I believe, if he's fired before the end of the before the end of the year, he's due sixteen point seven million dollars. So I'm not sure if WVU is going to want to cover that. They might have to keep him around for at least another year. Yeah. I don't know. It's as Steve Slayton said. It's getting hard to watch. I just, you know, I saw another one of those articles. I don't even there. know if they win another game this year. They got. Uh, they get a bye week this week. No, TCU this week. Who's undefeated? You're right. Yeah, seventh in the country. Not then winning. you go on the road against Iowa State. That's probably the most winnable mm. one. But it's on the road. Right. So Last week you had them beat in Oklahoma, Colin. I, I, now you're I, I jumping off the do. mountain. I, I still think they do, but that's only one for four wins. Kansas State at home. Well, they're going to lose good. to Iowa State, and, but o- they're going to beat Oklahoma, Oklahoma. State. I, I hope. All right. Yeah. Just saying, you you were telling us how they were going to beat the Sooners for the yeah. first time ever. Boomer Sooners. It'd be nice. Yeah, it would be nice, but you were believing. But that's the only you one. You were like, it's going to happen. You already bet like $500 on I, it. Yeah. You, hey, you know what team in the state of West Virginia, Division One got a win on Saturday, FBS? Yeah, how? Marshall. Won 26-12 over JMU. the fourth most efficient defense in the country. 
And they have the number two rusher in the whole country. Kalen Laburn has 188 carries, 1,002 yards, first player in seven games in Marshall history, or fastest player to get to 1,000 yards in just seven games. And he wasn't even supposed to play this year. He was maybe going to spell Rasheen Ali, who's probably out for the year. I don't even know what he's doing at this point. 12 touchdowns is like third or fourth in the nation in touchdowns. Uh, It's all about that running game. They can't find anything in the passing game. Uh, The guy... Henry Columbia was supposed to be the you know, best quarterback Marshall had in a while, whatever. He came in at Texas Tech last year. He beat West Virginia in Morgantown. Uh, but uh, he didn't even – he was in street close. Cam Fancher came in 15-31, 159 yards, one touchdown, two picks. Uh, but 151 yards on the ground for Layburn, two touchdowns. Corey Gamage, five catches, 107 yards. This defense, very, very good. Three and a half sacks for uh, Owen Porter. Uh, sack and a half for you know a few sacks there for um, other guys on Marshall. They the one key to this, I thought they got to. I wasn't watching the game because obviously I was working, uh, but it was twelve to two at the end of the first quarter, and I was like, that's weird. Was there a safety? No. So uh, JMU went for two, and it was a botch snap, and Marshall took it to the house for two points. I think, or maybe it was a field goal. I don't know what it was exactly. I didn't. If you block the extra point and take it back to you, that's a two yeah. points for the other team. And then Marshall went on to score a touchdown in the second, ten in the third, and seven in the fourth to win twenty-six to twelve. Got a win over JMU twenty-six to, as I just said, twenty-six twelve. Now four and three on the year. Uh, they got Coastal Carolina at home for homecoming this Saturday, seven p.m. game on Whoa. NFL Network. Should be an interesting one, but uh, Coastal's good, man. I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know either, but I don't know why they're messing around with Camp Fancher so much. Give well, one of these. F- no, Cole Pennington. Like Camp wasn't Fancher a walk on? I'm like ninety eight percent sure he's a walk on. I think so. All right, that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix. Brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, and his family owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at three sixty Hack Wilson Way. You can go to Orsini's dot com for more on their side of this break. We'll talk NFL Commanders, Steelers, Ravens in action yesterday. Two out of the three get victories. We'll talk about that after this two-minute break. You're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick Cohen, and Dylan hanging out with you today as uh, we'll talk continue. Got quicker we got to go quickly through this. Uh, Commanders get a victory yesterday over the Packers. Taylor Heineke is QB1 at the moment. Uh, I don't I don't know. It wasn't a great game for the Commanders, but it, it was a win, and a win's a win. Uh, Taylor Heineke, 20-33, 201 yards, two touchdowns, one pick, and he just seemed to be, like, not there, and then he threw a pick six, and then he seemed to be there. And it seemed to get better. Uh, Terry McLaurin, five catches, 73 yards, and a touchdown. They're finally targeting him, and maybe that's because it's Taylor Heineke. I thought you were going to come in here and just hype up Heineke. He's your guy. Heineke? Yeah, I was expecting that to be how we opened this segment. I, we kind of got short on time on him, today. Even though he won the game. We're short on time today, Nick. It I was guess. a weird situation. What? I, wins I didn't a win. feel like he. I know a win's a win, but never apologize for winning, Colin. Never apologize for winning, but Aaron Rodgers didn't throw 200 yards. They he didn't sucks. have. The they Packers. didn't have more than 40 yards on the ground. They had 38 yards on the ground. Uh, 
and yeah, I don't know. Just, any any other year beating the Packers would feel like an accomplishment, but this yes. team is the Packers. But it's a win. I just not. I'm just taking them. it as a win. Rodgers is washed. We'll talk about that uh, later on today on the mm-hmm. Monday Night Mayhem. Uh, but Commanders get a victory. They go to Indianapolis this weekend, and uh, no revenge game for Carson Wentz because he's on the IR. He won't get a Philly revenge game either because he's on IR for at least four weeks. Honestly, you that, get that probably wouldn't have gone well anyway. No, I'm talking about at, the Eagles. at yeah. Philadelphia. Revenge games are always like there. I don't know. Uh, but they're at the Colts. You know who probably won't be traveling to Indianapolis? Dan Snyder. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about uh, – <laughs> The other team that won in this area, the Ravens get a 23-20 to victory over the Browns. Uh, Nick, what are your thoughts on this win for the Ravens? Because it didn't seem very impressive. No touchdowns thrown for Lamar Jackson. No touchdowns rushing for him. I don't care. Gus Edwards. That's the issue. The Ravens seem to get into this situation randomly where they're like, oh, we need to get Lamar stats. And that was the case a few times when they had some bad – drives where they just didn't run the ball when they ran the football that's how the ravens win games and i don't care if it's ugly or pretty i mean a win is a win i thought the defense played pretty well for the most part uh the running game was huge there was that weird penalty toward the end but gene steratore uh explained it great and it seems like also though anytime there is a weird penalty that all of a sudden there's like this new rule that nobody knows about and the rules expert guy comes on and he's like yeah, well, if this guy moves, then it's on a false start. But if this guy moved, it would be encroachment. You ever notice that? <laughs> yes. It's like all like of a they... sudden, Gene Steratore is just like, hey, you guys don't know rule number 32, section B, 24. Revision 28. <laughs> He's the ref apologist. Comes in like, don't worry, guys. The ref didn't get it wrong. You just <laughs> yeah. don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah listen, when the, yeah, the Ravens ran the ball well. Gus Edwards is back. And, you know, Greg Roman, who knows how much longer he's going to be last in this play. You're a Greg Roman hater. I could definitely see Dylan as a guy that every time there's a bad drive, I'll fire Greg Roman. I used to be like that. I've actually been more. I've been okay with him this year. There was apparently a rumor that he might like step down from the play calling, but if uh, I don't think that's gonna happen. if uh, they didn't win yesterday, but they won. All right, that we, play where Mark Andrews took the snap and tossed it to Lamar, the running back. That was great stuff. That I didn't Move see him that there. game. Uh, or doesn't see the part of the game. L. Steelers fall to the Dolphins 16-10. to Abysmal performance last night. I think the Dolphins actually kept them in the game. But Kenny Pickett, can't spell Pickett without picks. He threw three picks. Uh, you did hear the game from the Steelers Radio Network last night. Just not a great game for the Steelers. But that'll do it for this segment Appreciate of the Sports you. Mix. Brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford. Revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On our side of this break, talk a little MLB and wrap things up. We'll be back after this two-minute break. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, and Dylan hanging out with us today. Segment sponsored in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices at 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. Why'd you look at me like that? Because you already played Slim Shady. Did I? Yeah. Oh, I didn't mean oh, to. Yeah. That's fault. what threw me off. I'm like, wait a second. This guy. Did we go back 15 minutes? No, it was... He's the I, real Slim Shady. We got... You know, we're really short on time today. We should have... 
we should have taken some pre-show stuff out of the out of the things to get more time to talk like I yeah. usually do, but I didn't do that. Uh, we've got uh, just under a minute and a half left here. Uh, we see the AL and NLCS has come to an end yesterday. The Phillies beat the Padres four to three, win the series four to one. The Yankees fall to the Astros six five. They lose the series, getting swept by the Astros and another Astros team going to the World Series. But Bryce Harper may bring a championship back to the team that he signed with if they can win. How does that make you feel, Spencer? I don't know. We've already won our World Series, so I'm okay with it. How do you feel about we? that? Or we already we as in the Nationals already won the World well, Series. Well then we already won three. What are you the talking Orioles about? The Orioles already won three. Not in my lifetime, but they won them. You haven't seen them. I get to, I got to see it and I got to see the parade. One on MLB I mean, the show video. once or twice. All right. Uh but what do we think about this World Series matchup? We'll talk more about Why it Thursday and Friday. Friday. I don't know. I guess because that's how the TVs are they already set up the World Series. It's okay. they could start at Wednesday, really give both teams two days off. Because because TV hope ratings, wins. I can't stand Philadelphia. I can't stand either team, base. really. No, um, Astros and six. I'm feeling the Phillies. I just feel like it's their year. All right, well, that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Uh, we'll be on tonight from six to eight at the Neon Moon with uh, Shepherd Rams coach Ernie McCook, Tyson Bajan, Christian Etchison, Colin. I will be there for Monday Night Mayhem. Uh, then after that, you can tune in to Monday Night Football on Talk Radio WRNR for Dylan. Colin, Nick, I'm Spencer saying so long. I guess we're going to get some food because it really smells good outside the studio. It does. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow.